all year long, man, I'm telling you, like I, like I, even when things are tough, even things are not going the way I want them to, even when I'm tired or sick or frustrated or just things are just not, whatever it is, or even when things are great, man, I have this red, I, I'm always thinking about, man, Jesus rose. It's never so bad or so good that I can't overcome that resurrection. Like Jesus said that he has, like he told his followers, guys, I'm God, I'm going to die, I'm going to rise from the grave. And they're like, okay, okay. Uh, and then when he did it, they all ran away in fear and they all were like, well, I guess they forgot. We read at the, uh, at the sunrise service this morning, Luke 24, went through the whole chapter. And it is incredible how... Jesus had to meet these guys on the road on the road seven miles away from the tomb seven miles keep in mind and people say well maybe Jesus got the snot beat out of him and then just sort of revived in the tomb and everything yeah and then he ran seven miles and got caught up with these guys sure he did right at some point you got to go wait a minute these 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 ulterior theories alternative theories are just sort of way out of whack make really no sense and I'll explain some of that here in a little bit but when he taught up caught up with these guys man they started talking about man we thought he was the one i guess we were wrong right we like he we thought he was going to redeem israel we we when we followed this guy right and, and jesus starts talking to him they don't reckon oh am i off something happened i don't know what happened but do you guys hear me jesus was reminding them and he had they didn't recognize him yet they were they were saying, he was talking to them about, as, as he's walking along the, the road, he's saying to them, hey, guys, don't you remember that all the things that happened were written down prior to us coming? See, Jesus kind of approaches them. He goes, what's up, fellas? And they're like, hey, have you, have you just gotten here? Jesus the, of, of Nazareth has, has been crucified. Like, we, like the whole town's talking about it. This has been nuts, man. We're, we thought he was the guy. And he's like, man, guys, come on. You know this was supposed to happen. And so Jesus starts explaining. They don't even recognize him yet. He starts explaining the scriptures that were written down about him hundreds of years prior to him coming. Do you realize? And if you don't know my, my story, my history, my testimonies that I, I didn't grow, really grow up in the church. I actually kind of thought church people were a little bit weird, to be honest with you. Hallelujah, you were weird. It's cool. Everybody said amen. Hey, it's funny to me. You're weird, bud. Um, thought Christians were a little strange. Got into college, started listening to some guys that smoked a lot of weed and all kinds of stuff, and they had some ulterior theories about our even existence. So I really thought Christians were weird to the point where I would go and with me and some other guys, we'd go pick on Christians as they're coming out of church and stuff like that. I mean, I'm just telling you like it is. Some people are shocked by that. My buddies, behold. My buddies, all right, you want me to go to another? I'm off. I'm totally off. Come on now? All right, cool. Yeah, I keep going in and out of here. I'm sorry, guys. Thank you guys for working so hard back there. So, What was I talking about? Jesus, that's right. Um, making fun of Christians, thank you. Yeah, I was making fun of Christians? No, I used to make fun of Christians. Thank you, though, that's right. And so we would do that and, and, and like make fun of these guys that were coming out of church and they'd hold the little Bibles, had their little ties and stuff like that. Because my buddies from high school and college cannot believe I'm a preacher. I mean, they, they look at me like, you are, 
you are, there is no way, bro. Like, seriously, you were the, you were the one that we would, <laughs> no way we would think this. And so I still get texts. I'm like, I had a buddy of mine that, uh, he's, he's a manager of a hotel in California. Funny story, my wife and I went out to California on a business trip for her, for her work. And we were out there, and we happened to stay at the hotel where my college roommate was the manager of. Had no idea. And so we got to connect with him and stuff like that. And he was asking before I, because she was there before I got there. And so they, they got connected. He goes, so, so Casey's a, a preacher? <laughs> How did that happen? I mean, he was just so totally, like, this is just the weirdest thing. Like, I, I knew him. Like, he was just a totally different guy. And what happened was, if you don't know, I, I went through a series, uh, uh, like a couple of years of where I, I had to look at, the, look at the validity of scriptures. I was just, I was trying to test out any religious religion or follower or Christian or whatever. I was trying to find anything, any evidence of Jesus or any evidence of God, I'm sorry, supernatural, whatever. I was looking at Buddhism and Taoism and of Falun Gong and like Islam and all those kinds of things. And I was trying to find out not what they believe. I didn't care. I didn't care. I was trying not to, not to study what the beliefs were or anything like that, trying to expand my mind or anything. I wasn't doing any of that stuff. I was like, is there evidence of God? Is there anything supernatural in any of these things? And I looked at every religion I could find and found out there's no evidence of God except for the evidence of the Old and New Testament. And so Jesus is walking along the, the road with these guys, and he's talking to them about all the things that had been written hundreds of years before him, things like he would be born in Bethlehem. His hands and feet would be pierced. He would be buried in a rich man's tomb. And all those guys, he would be, be crucified with thieves. I mean, it's just all over and over, like betrayed for 30 pieces of silver. Hundreds of things written about him, specific things written about him. Virtually impossible by mere chance behold all right i'm going to go to another form of mic can you hear me there check check oh man i feel like a comedian now can you hear me all right Dude, I could yell it too. It's no problem. So I could scream it. Do it. What was I talking about? Jesus. That's right. That's right. I can't remember the last thing I was talking about. Thank you. Yes. So he was betrayed. Like this is virtually impossible by mere chance. Can you guys hear me? Okay. I can't hear the coming out of the speaker. So if you can hear me, I'm cool. This is virtually impossible by mere chance, man. Like. Like, there is no other plausible explanation except God is real and he orchestrated history. You understand this? Like, this, and if that's not enough, Jesus does all that and rises from the dead. So for when people are sitting there in their underwear in their mom's basement blogging about, well, I don't think this is real and I think this is wrong and I think there's all kinds of alternative theories. What about this and what about this and what about this? At some point, you got to go, yeah, but he rose from the grave. I mean, at some point, you got to, yeah, but he fulfilled all these predictions about him. At some point, this resurrection is no longer just a great Easter story that is about hunting eggs and putting on dresses. I didn't put on a dress today, but I did wear a suit and took a bath, right? So I get that. Amen. 
Who said amen? Who are you? Sorry. Hey, thank you. Thank you very much. But at some point, this has to impact our lives. At some point, this has to change the trajectory of where we are to where we are going. At some point, it has to make an impact on who we are and what we do. Like, it has to change everything. This is radically different from absolutely every other religion in the world, in the history of the world. And I don't care how popular it's gotten, I don't care how many followers, at some point Jesus separates himself and claims to be God and rises from the dead, which takes away the power of Muhammad or Buddha or Confucius or whoever has claimed to be the way. At some point we've got to go, yep, it's Jesus. And the resurrection loses its power when it becomes a holiday and we celebrate the holiday rather than, rather than celebrating Jesus' resurrection. Amen? Like I, I, at some point, it has to have an impact on who we are. And if you're a believer who is new to the faith, it has to have an impact on who you are. If you're an unbeliever, at some point you've got to go, oh, snap, I've got I to make a decision to make. I either reject him or accept him and move on with, with him. The one who says, uh, I'm the only way, and I'm going to prove it by rising from the dead, and I'm going to send my Holy Spirit to be with you. Guys, at some point, this can't just be an Easter story. This can't just be something where we go, yeah, man, I, I believe uh, he rose from the dead. Like, like here's, here's, I'm going to tell you a little bit of, we're all friends and family now, right? We're cool. Like, I can be real with you guys. I met with a guy yesterday who had hours to live, who did not ask me about what he should have done in college. He didn't ask me about, man, man, should I have taken this other job or should I have gone this other direction? He didn't ask me to bring me his awards for all his stuff that he had ever done. He didn't ask me for uh, advice about things that he could have, should have, would have done in his past. You know what he asked me about? What happens now? He asked me about this Jesus that I, that I follow. And here's what I did. I, you know, you guys know I'm weird, right? Stop it. You don't have to agree with everything I say. <laughs> but it's okay. I, mean, I know it. I don't sit down. There was a chaplain that came to visit him the day before. And he's just like, get out of here. You know what the chaplain did? I just want you to know God loves you. And everything's going to be fine. And he's just like, get out. I don't need no wusses in here, right? So I walk in. And I'm already like jazzed up about the resurrection. Can't wait to talk about it the next day. All this kind of stuff. And I get in there. I say, sir, let me tell you something. Jesus rose from the dead. Do you want to go to heaven or do you want to go to hell? Right? Who are you supposed to be gentle with these guys? Listen, you got hours to live, bro. I'm going to try. Like I'm going to man to man, right? Tough to tough, right? Like, like Jesus was a radical, rebellious construction worker, protector of women, lover of people, like handed his, man, just laid it out with the religious guys that were condemning other people. Like, I love that about him, man. Do you want to go see him? Or do you want to go see the denominational, traditional church? Because you ain't going to see him there. 
Like I know, he was like, I'm not really a churchgoer. Neither was Jesus, man. I don't know what to tell you. Jesus didn't like all the religious stuff either. I only thing I know is that Jesus rose from the dadgum dead. Do you want to know him? He's like, yeah. <laughs> like I'm not berating the guy. I'm like, you ain't got time, man. And his family's looking at me like, and, and they literally looked at me yesterday and they said, we have never had anybody talk to us about Jesus like you do. I'm just like, dude, I want to introduce you to the real Jesus, the one that rose from the dead, the toughest guy that ever lived. I want to introduce you to that guy because he's a radical, amazing, incredible, beautiful, gentle, tough God who came in the form of a man and showed us what to do. Amen? I mean, this is not just Easter. And so what I want to do today, man, I want to, want to go through some of, the, some of these things. Because the resurrection is, is mentioned over 40 times in the New Testament. You know, Paul wrote in the New Testament, it's mentioned in every gospel, that kind of thing, in Acts as well. But Paul wrote in Romans, 1 Corinthians, and to a letter to a young pastor named Timothy in 2 Timothy, he writes about the resurrection. We think he may have written Hebrews, it's mentioned there as well. Peter wrote in 1 Peter about the resurrection, and John wrote about it in Revelation. But the important thing we've got to understand and, and the things about it, it's not just that we believe about the facts of Jesus, that we believe that he rose. It doesn't really matter if we believe he did or not. This is are we going to take it, radically change the trajectory of our lives, and follow him. Like enough is enough for a lot of us, frankly. I mean, we've got to be thinking through this. If he actually did rise from the dead and he said, I'm it, I'm the only way, he's got the credibility nobody else does. I've got a decision to either follow or reject. So we want to understand a couple of things. Why is the resurrection important? How do we know it really happened? And then with that, how do we respond? 1 Corinthians 15 Starting in verse 1, Paul writes to a church that's really got some messed up beliefs about the resurrection and some teach, false teachings come in and that kind of thing. He says, now brothers, I want to clarify for you the gospel I proclaimed to you. You received it and you have taken your stand on it. You are also saved by it. If you hold to the message I proclaim to you unless you believe for no purpose, for I passed on to you as most important what I also Received that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. Then he appeared to over five, listen, then he appeared to over 500 brothers at one time. Now look, look what he says here next. Most of them are still alive, but some have fallen asleep. There are 500 eyewitnesses to this guy. The people say, well, yeah, just a few people saw him. No, hundreds of people saw a risen Jesus. Why do you think it radically, like the, the people that saw him were radically transformed? They formed this crazy thing called the New Testament church. And we're still talking about him today because of the resurrection. See, one of the things you can find out too from this this letter is that it was written pretty soon after the events that we're talking about. A lot of people say, well, what about the gospel of Thomas? What about the gospel of Mary? What about the gospel according to the apostles? All these things that were written hundreds of years after all this. What we're reading in the New Testament 
is from eyewitnesses while people were still alive or eyewitnesses that were interviewed like in the book of Luke and Acts. Like this is, this is amazing how close to the events these things are historically. It's like an historic news flash. But these people, you got, in other words, Paul saying, hey, he appeared to 500 people, go ask them. If you don't believe he did, go ask them, right? I love that. But some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. And last of all, as to one abnormally born, he also appeared to me. So Paul's saying, go talk to these guys. He appeared to me as well. For I am the least of the apostles, unworthy to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. I relate very well to Paul. But by God's grace, I am what I am, and his grace toward me was not ineffective. However, I worked more than any of them, yet not I, but God's grace that was with, that was with me. Therefore, whether it is I or they, so we proclaim, and so you have believed. Now listen to this. I love this. Now if Christ has proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say there's no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our proclamation is without foundation. And so is your faith. In addition, we are found to be false witnesses about God. Because we have testified about God that he raised up Christ, whom he did not raise up if in fact the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, Christ has not been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is, ouch, worthless. You are still in your sins. Therefore, those who have fallen asleep in Christ have also perished. And if we put our hope in Christ for this life only, we should be pitied more than anyone. And everybody said, dude, that's like throwing it down. Like, like there, Paul is saying to us here and to the, to the early church, this resurrection is foundational. And you guys are arguing about whether, oh, you know, what it is. You bloggers in the basement of your mom's house in your underwear blogging about I don't believe this. Guys, it's foundational. Now, I know there's a lot of questions, and I know that there's a lot of things. So let me just answer a few of these questions and, and answer a couple of these things. Because a lot of people have, like, yeah, but you're a preacher. You're supposed to say you rose from the dead. And you're supposed to make, man, what, what got me were the eyewitness accounts from, from history. There are non-biblical writers that, that were hostile to the faith. Uh, writers like, historians like Josephus and Tacitus and Marabar Serapion and Pliny the Younger and Suetonius and, and like a lots of different, like for early century, first century writers, second century writers that were writing about the early church, about Jesus' resurrection, about these crazy Christian followers. They called them little Christs, right? They were following this guy that said he rose from the dead. This is crazy talk, right? These things really happen and it's not just in our scriptures it's also in annals of of history then you think about the response of the followers this is what got me and this is what made me think man there's got to be something to this because it wasn't just a a a theory and a new way of thinking and a great teaching from a great guy that we got tons of those in our world and in our history right great philosophers socrates right and all that Sorry. Sorry. Bill and Ted, if you're a fan. So crazy. 
All these different philosophers, right? All these different teachers, all these different great minds. But nobody's willing to die for those guys. Hey, think about that. These followers saw him alive. And when they saw him alive and the Holy Spirit comes on them, guys, they're willing to radically reject the, the, the benefits of the world. You realize they couldn't hold a job. They were rejected by their families, thrown out of households. Uh, they, their testimony's not allowed in court. They had to scrimp and scrawl and scramble for everything they could ever, ever have. And, and if that's not enough, they boldly proclaimed the, the, the gospel to people that needed to know him and eventually started church after church after church after church and then were killed for, for Jesus. Man, I... That just doesn't happen unless they actually saw, well, lots of people die for a lie, man. What about the guys that flew into the World Trade Center and stuff? That was a, that was a lie. Yeah, but they were, they were taught those things to believe. These guys saw a risen Jesus and changed their trajectory, right? They ran in fear when he was dead, but when they saw him alive, they're like, uh-oh, we got, we got work to do. Amen? I love that. It's such a it's such an incredible departure, guys, and and we got to make sure we we understand. So that response. Next thing that that blows my mind is uh is the the different theories that come through. People people think things like the swoon theory, right? Anybody ever heard the heard of the swoon theory where where Jesus was he just from a loss of blood and dehydration passed out on the cross, got into the tomb. A little cold in there. <sighs> Woke up and said, what happened? And opened, like rolled this big rock off that, you know. Guys, listen, they beat the snot out of Jesus. I mean, tore his flesh from his bones, man. Like, this is, this is not something you're going to wake up from. They knew he was dead. They mourned for his death. And he said, I'm going to be back. This Jesus overcame life, overcame death in in. And recovered a, a completely healed body. The only thing left was a couple of scars in his hands and his feet. So he could tell his followers, hey guys, look. It's me. I'm not a ghost, man. You guys got something to eat? That's what he told us. I just love this guy. He's so chill, man. He's like, yeah, I know. I'm, I'm here. I'm here. Let's go. Right? These guys, like, it is, it is remarkable. But, but that's one of those series, like, if, he, if this was true, his followers, the way they responded... They would not have followed a guy that they had to go nurse back to health and then lie to everybody and then go to their deaths to not look stupid. One of them would have cracked at least. And would have said, hey, guys, here's the deal. He's not, he's not risen. It's it. yeah, but they, none of them did. It's, it, is, it is a beautiful, incredible story. What about, well, maybe the, the followers stole the body. Actually, that's written down in one of the Gospels that, that that's a theory they were trying to they were trying to uh, get people to believe. Well, these followers stole the body, but but again, if that was the case, why would they die for a lie? Why would they do all the things they do, be rejected by everybody, not be able to do anything, not be able to provide for themselves for what? Because of a dead guy, they stole his body from. That's just that doesn't make any sense. And then people will say. And they'll blog in their mama's basement. It's just impossible. It's just that dead guys don't come back to life. Guys, and here's what I say to that. I hope it's impossible. 
I pray and I'm glad and I'm thankful to God that it's impossible, that he can do the impossible. Because if I was only, if I was able to, if I was worshiping somebody that could only do something natural, he would not be worth worshiping. Amen. This is God who came back to life. Yes, it's impossible because only God can do the impossible. And he showed himself through history. He showed himself through the predictions about the coming Messiah. And he showed himself when he rose from the grave. And as we celebrate these things, guys, I mean, celebrate. Have fun. Have, have ham and chips and eggs and, I don't know, green beans and snicker bars. I don't care. Whatever. To the glory of Jesus. But let this resurrection radically transform every day, minute, second of your life. Because it will give you, a, it will revive you when you understand it. That this is a fact of history. And it, even if, like, even, even above and beyond that, it's just an amazing, incredible, beautiful thing. It's the most wonderful thing that has ever happened in history. And it can never be boring. This ought to be like, uh, you know, we had one of the services and things like that. Hey, Jesus rose. People are like, yay. I'm like, come on. What? It's, 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 it's too incredible for us not to be hooping and hollering in this place. I mean, he rose from the dead. We can't die if we know him, man. Right? So here's what I want us to do. Like, what do we, here's my big ask for us in the in the house because we had a lot of people that came in the first three services today that didn't believe like i said they they had a drug problem they got got drug here because because it's easter but no matter where you are if you're a believer in this and you're new to this and you're just trying to figure this out how is the res, how is this resurrection going to take you to the next step as gamers say how are we going to level up in this if you're somebody who's been a christian for a little while but man you're still trying to find your way trying to trying to learn to get some habits and steps in place and read the bible and all this kind of stuff what is this resurrection going to do for you to to take the next step in your faith some of you guys have been in church and starting to serve and you're starting to to really see the church as someone really someone, and I say someone, the bride of Christ that you can serve, and you're starting to get that a little bit, so you're starting to mature. What does it look like for you to take the next step and that, resurre that resurrection to, to springboard you into that? Some of you guys are actually making other disciples who are making other disciples. Like you really are, are, are mature in your faith, but you're never supposed to stop growing no matter where you're at, amen? What does it look like to, to really refocus on this resurrection and go, how do I take this step? And that's for the believer, for the unbeliever. If you're not a believer, and there's been a ton I've talked to today, and I get to talk to one on his deathbed yesterday who is now a believer that we can, I'll introduce you guys later, okay, when we see him face to face, those of us who are, in, are with him. But if you're an unbeliever, and Jesus says, I am the only way to the Father, and he rises from the dead, 
that ought to shake you to your foundations. It ought to make you tremble a little bit, a lot maybe. Because this, this guy is not just a philosopher. He's God who came in the flesh, proved himself by a resurrection that people were willing to give their lives completely to. And so if you don't know him yet, I'm going to ask you to prayerfully consider, like seriously make a decision for him. Ultimately, salvation is the first step. We want to be able to baptize you, help you understand what it means to walk in him, because it's worth it.